Al-Bayan Radio presents the following lesson from Masjid Al-Azhar, Bilmo. Presented by Sheikh Muhammad Duar. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah. Wa salatu wa salamu ala Rasulillah. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi. Wa man ihtada bihuda. Amma ba'd. We continue tonight, my dear brothers and sisters, regarding the explanation of Kitabul Iman from Sahih Muslim. And we are still going through the first hadith which Imam Muslim Rahimahullah mentioned four narrations regarding it, and it is the same hadith. And it's the famous hadith of Jibreel alayhi salam where he came to teach the ummah their religion, to teach them Islam, Iman and Ihsan. And in the version that Imam Muslim mentions at the beginning of it, there is the story between the narrators of the hadith and Abdullah ibn Umar when they asked him, about those who deny the Qadr. And, uh, and Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhuma responded by saying he is innocent from them. So the explanation of this hadith goes through the topic of the Qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that's what we've been discussing and we mentioned Jazakallahu khairan we mentioned that there's a number of fundamentals as Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah that we must affirm and believe in when it comes to the Qadr of Allah Azza wa Jal we mentioned one of them and today we take the second fundamental and that is the belief in Allah Azza wa Jal's commands and his prohibitions Part of the belief in the Qadr is to believe in Allah Azza wa Jal's commands and His prohibitions. All creation is commanded to do what Allah commanded and prohibited from what He forbade. Everyone is obligated and ordered to do what Allah commands and to stay away from what He prohibits. Some answer and some disobey. And there is no excuse for anyone who disobeys. And it is part of the Qadr to believe in the warnings that Allah gives and the promises. In His paradise and His mercy and in His warnings and punishment. And the punishment of Allah Azza wa Jal is pure justice. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not oppress. This is a crucial point in the Qadr of Allah Azza wa Jal. The third fundamental, my dear brothers and sisters, is that the servant, the creation, has free will. You as a creation, Allah created you with will and ability, qudra. And the creation act according to their free will what Allah decreed. Meaning your action 
You perform your action out of free will. But your free will is also part of the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah azza wa jal, he created the creation. He created their qudra, their ability, and he created their mashia and their irada, their will. And we believe that the servant cannot will except what Allah wills. The servant cannot will anything for himself except what Allah wills for him. The fourth and the final fundamental is that Allah Azza wa Jal is all wise and all merciful. And wisdom is one of his attributes. Allah is all wise and merciful. Wisdom is his attribute. Mercy is also his attribute. And Allah Azza wa Jal is all wise in what he commands and prohibits. When Allah makes something halal or haram, it's out of hikmah. Everything that Allah ordered is good. Everything that Allah made haram is evil and bad. That's his hikmah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is nothing Allah ordered which is evil. And there is nothing he prohibited which is good. This is the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Think of anything that Allah has made haram and you will learn it is evil. Anything. Alcohol, evil. Zina, evil. Riba, evil. Everything Allah made forbidden is harmful. So whatever Allah makes haram is for our protection. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So regarding the first, these are four fundamentals that we must believe in regarding the qadr. When we go back to the first one, and the first one we refresh our memory, is the stages of qadr. The stages of qadr, how the qadr of Allah azza wa jal works, we believe first Allah azza wa jal had knowledge of everything. Then he wrote everything. Then he willed it and then he created it. These are the four stages of qadr. Allah knew everything. Then he wrote it. Then he willed it. Then he brought it into creation. What is the proof for the first one, which is Allah's knowledge? Many verses and hadiths speak about Allah's vast knowledge. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, هُوَ اللَّهُ الَّذِي لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّهُ عَالِمُ الْغَيْبِ وَالشَّهَادَةِ He is Allah, who there is no deity besides him, knower of the unseen and the witnessed. عَالِمُ الْغَيْبِ وَالشَّهَادَةِ Shows that Allah knows the unseen and he knows the seen. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's knowledge is vast. And Allah Azza wa Jal also said, وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ قَدْ أَحَاطَ بِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ عِلْمًا And Allah encompassed all things in knowledge. That means Allah knows everything. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
And when the ulama speak about the knowledge of Allah Azza wa Jal, they always mention that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's knowledge is unique to him. We have knowledge, but our knowledge and Allah's knowledge is nothing alike. They are not the same. Because our knowledge we learn. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never learns. Allah always knew everything. He always knew everything. We learn things. Also regarding our knowledge, we forget knowledge. You might forget something Allah never forgets. So the two knowledge is nothing alike. And Allah Azza wa Jal, He knows the past, He knows the present, He knows the future. He even knows what will not exist if it was to exist, how it would exist. Again, Allah knows the past, the present, the future. He even knows what will not happen if it was to happen, how it would happen. That's a qaida the ulama mention, and there is dalil for that. For example, in the two sahihs of Bukhari and Muslim, in the hadith of Abdullah ibn Abbas, radiallahu ta'ala anhuma, and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was asked about the children of the mushrikeen. Look at this hadith. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they asked him, and other ahadith indicate it was Aisha radiallahu anha. They asked him about who the children of the mushrikeen who died as children. The children of the Jews, the Christian, the atheists, the Buddhist, and whatever else. What was the Prophet's response? He said, Allah knows what, what, what they would have become. Look at that. Allah knows what they would have become. They die as children. They died as children, which means they did not become adults. But Allah knows if they grew up, what they would have become. That shows you Allah's vast knowledge. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows everything. He knows what does not happen. If it was to happen, how it would happen. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Regarding the second stage. So we said Allah first and foremost knows everything. After knowledge, we said Allah wrote everything. He created the pen and he ordered it to write. And the proof for the writing is many in the Quran and the Sunnah. Allah Azza wa Jal says, مَا فَرَّطْنَا فِي الْكِتَابِ مِنْ شَيْءٍ We have not neglected in the register, meaning what was written on anything, the book. We have not neglected anything in this book. That's why we have yaqeen, certainty, the Quran and the Sunnah has the answer to everything. Everything. And one of the ulama was put to this challenge in the past. One of the scholars, he was approached by a non-Muslim. And the non-Muslim said to him, you Muslims claim 
that the Quran has the answer to everything. And the alim said, yes, it does. Because Allah said it. So the man, the non-Muslim wanted to test the alim on this point. He said to him, okay, I have a question and I want you to give me the answer from the Quran. So the alim said, no problem. What's your question? He said, that bakery over there, there was a bakery. He said, how much bread does it produce on, in a, on a daily basis? How much bread does that bakery make a day? And he wants the answer from the Qur'an. The scholar said, no problem. I'll get you the answer from the Qur'an. He said, come with me. He took him to the bakery, walked in, spoke to the owner of the bakery, and he asked, the alim asked him, how much bread do you make a day? He said, X amount of bread. So he told the non-Muslim, there's your answer. Non-Muslim scratching his head. I asked you for the answer from the Quran. The alim said, I gave you the answer from the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلَ الذِّكْرِ إِن كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ Ask the people of knowledge if you do not know. I don't know how much it makes. He's the person of knowledge. I asked him. But when a person has ilm, no doubt, he will find the answer to everything. Allah says we did not neglect anything in this book. This book is a way of life. It's a system for all of mankind. And Allah Azza wa Jal says, وَكُلَّ شَيْءٍ أَحْصَيْنَاهُ فِي إِمَامٍ مُّبِينٍ And all things we have enumerated in a clear register. That's also dalil for the writing. After Allah knew everything, He wrote it. And we have in the hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said, There is not one of you, not a created soul, but he has a place either in Jannah or in hellfire assigned for him. And it is also determined for him whether he will be among the blessed or the wretched. The Prophet ﷺ is saying every creation his position in Jannah and Hellfire is written. And it's written whether he will be saved or from the losers. So then a man asked Rasulullah and he said, Ya Rasulullah, if that is the case, should we not depend on what has been written for us? Shouldn't we just now rely? Shouldn't we depend on what's been written? In other words, he's asking, should we stop working? Should we stop making any effort since everyone's destiny has been written? So the Prophet ﷺ answered him and he said, The good deeds, the hasanat are made easy for the one who is blessed. And the sayyat are made easy for the one who is wretched. In other words, even though your position is written, you cannot achieve that position except with work. And whoever is destined for Jannah, the path of Jannah is made easy for him. 
And whoever is destined from hellfire, the path of hellfire is made easy for him. And everyone chooses his path with free will. Also in the hadith, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wrote the qadr of the creation before he created the heavens and the earth by 50,000 years. And his throne was above the water. That shows the dalil for the writing. You know when something happens, what do you say? It was written by Allah. Or if something doesn't happen, it wasn't written to happen. This is what it's referring to. After knowledge was the writing. And Allah Azza wa Jal created the pen and he ordered it to write. He said, what should I write my Rabb? He said, write everything until the day of judgment. So everything is written. After the writing is Allah's Mashia. He wills for something to happen. So Allah knows everything. And he wrote everything, then he wills for it to happen. His Mashia. Nothing can happen without Allah's will. إِنَّمَا أَمْرُهُ إِذَا أَرَادَ شَيْئًا أَنْ يَقُولَ لَهُ كُنْ فَيَكُونَ that's a dalil. Allah Azza wa Jal says, His command, when He arada shay'a, where He intends or wills something, He says to it be and it is. And the dalil for Allah's mashia is plenty. Even the word masha'Allah. Whatever Allah wills. The fourth and the final level is the creating. That's the last stage of the qadr. The creating. So first Allah knew everything, then He wrote it, then He willed it, then He creates it. And the proof for the creating is many. Allahu khaliqu kulli shay. Allah is the creator of all things. Allah even created your actions. Even though you do your actions from your own free will. You're not forced. That's the aqidah of the Jabariya, who believe you're forced to do your actions. But your actions that you do, out of free will, by choice, is part of Allah's creation. What's the dalil? In the Quran, وَاللَّهُ خَلَقَكُمْ وَمَا تَعْمَلُونَ Allah created you and that which you do. And that's why Imam al-Bukhari, rahimahullah, because there was so much talk regarding the Qadr in the time of the Salaf and the deviant sects, the Qadariya and the Jabariya, and Ahlul Sunnah was refuting them. Imam al-Bukhari, rahimahullah, he wrote an entire book called Khalq Af'alul Ibad, the creation of the servant's actions. Your actions are created by Allah. Everything is created by Allah. Because if we say our actions are not created by Allah, then that means Allah does not know what we do until we do it. So we're limiting his knowledge and this is kufr. Allah always knew everything. I picked up this bottle of water. Yes, I done it out of free will, but that was from the creation of Allah. Allah already knew I was going to do that. If I believe Allah didn't know I done that until I done it, this is the aqidah of the qadariyya and this is kufr. 
They believe Allah does not know what the servant does until he does it. Or at least the early Qadariyya, as we will see. So these are the four stages of Qadr, my brothers and sisters, and they are agreed upon by the Ummah of Islam. And differing regarding these four points did not happen, except in the period of the fourth Khalifa, Ali radiallahu anhu. In the time of Ali radiallahu anhu is when the bid'ah of the Qadr came. That's when the Qadariyya started to rise towards the end, the end of the era of the Sahaba. And after the Khilafah of Muawiyah radiallahu anhu, during the time of the fitna between Ibn Zubayr and Bani Umayyah. So the fitna of the Qadr, it happened towards the end of the era of the Sahaba. And the first person who went against these four stages of the Qadr that the Ummah had agreed upon, was a man by the name of Ma'bad al-Juhani in Basra. As Imam Muslim mentioned in this hadith, the hadith we're taking. He was the first person to deviate in the Qadr. Ma'bad al-Juhani. The Sahaba, who were still alive at the time, they refuted him. And they refuted the statement of the Qadariyya. From the Sahaba who refuted the Qadariyya was Ibn Umar, like we mentioned in this hadith. He said, I am innocent from them. And Abdullah ibn Abbas and Jabir ibn Abdullah. They're from the Sahaba who refuted the Qadariyya. And the Ummah agreed to reject this statement from the Qadariyya because it is kufr. Because it denies Allah's vast knowledge. The Qadariyya believe, as we mentioned, Allah does not know what you do until you do it. So this is denying Allah's vast knowledge. And that's why the Sahaba and the Ummah in that time, they did not consider them to be Muslims. And it denied his creation and his writing and his will for the servant's actions. This was the bid'ah of the extreme Qadariya, who all the Imams, such as Imam Malik, Imam Ahmad, and Imam Shafi, declared to be kuffar. Later on, much talk was mentioned regarding the Qadr. Subhanallah, once Ma'bad al-Juhani ignited that fire, the people of desire, ahwa and bid'ah, they started taking it on. And then a lot of argumentation, debate started occurring regarding the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So much talk was mentioned regarding the qadr until the majority of the qadariyya began to affirm Allah's knowledge of everything but they denied his will and his creating of the servant's actions and his ability over them. 
So the Qadariya, my brothers and sisters, they passed through a stage. When the Qadariya first came out, they denied Allah's knowledge. Later on, they said no. Yes, Allah Azza wa Jal, He had knowledge of everything, including our actions. But they denied that He created our actions. So it's like they became less than the first Qadariya. But this is still deviance, without a doubt. So they denied Allah Azza wa Jal's creating of the servant's actions and Allah's ability over them. They believed Allah has no control over our actions. Until the Qadr, according to these Qadariya, the later Qadariya, it became orders and prohibitions. So whatever Allah willed, He commands it. And what He does not will, He does not command. And from this belief, they began to believe things bid'ah, like Allah Azza wa Jal, it's possible for Allah to will something. It's possible for Allah to will something and it doesn't happen. And it's possible for Him not to will something and it happens. Look at the deviance. All of this because they went astray from the Kitab and the Sunnah. They started introducing into the Qadr of Allah Azza wa Jal that which is not from it. When the Salaf al-Salih, they accepted the Qadr as it is. They left it at four simple points. Believe in them and that's all. But then the people of innovation brought in their innovations, so Ahlul Sunnah had to take it upon themselves to refute them. And these later Qadariya, my brothers and sisters, who did affirm Allah's knowledge and His writing, they are misguided innovators, and the ulama of Islam did not consider them on the same level as the extreme ones. And the scholars, there was an ikhtilaf, whether they considered the later ones to be kuffar or not, because they affirmed Allah's knowledge. And that was a khilaf between the people of knowledge. Insha'Allah, in our next lesson, we will continue regarding the second fundamental and what the scholars of Islam have mentioned regarding it wallahu a'lam wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barak ala nabiyyina wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam